entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf, the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. My special guest with me today is Jeff Ketch, but it's spelled T-K-A-C-H. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, Marty. Thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, we're experiencing some some uh, some technical challenges, but we, but we've got it. We're here together, so... So thank you for joining. So I want to introduce uh, Jeff, but before I even do that, I'd like to say where all of this started. This started with me learning uh, from Dr. Zach Bush about what was termed regenerative farming. And our guest today, Jeff Ketch, was on a recent panel uh, with Dr. Bush. And when I heard that discussion, I said, I've got to have Jeff on the Business Builder Show. So let me introduce uh, Jeff. Jeff Ketch serves as the Chief Impact Officer for the Rodale Institute. Jeff is responsible for expanding Rodale Institute's global influence in healing people and the planet by unlocking the transformational power of regenerative organic agriculture. Wow, Jeff, that's quite <laughs> the big, big goal you got there, man. <laughs> right? Well, it, it's not just me, but our entire organization has very ambitious and aggressive plans uh, to repave the way that we produce food here in the United States and around the world. So thank you for that very generous and humbling introduction, Marty. Yeah. So give me more detail on the Institute. Um, you know, tell me, uh, you know, in a shortened version as you can, but as clear as you can. Tell me, tell me what's going on there. Sure. In short, you know, Rodale Institute's mission is to work with farmers and food producers all over the world uh, to help them transition away from chemical dependent farming to employing these regenerative organic practices. So our mission really is to transition farmers and farmland from chemical conventional agriculture to regenerative organic agricultural systems. So I'm going off script immediately, Jeff. <laughs> so, so stay with me. Why is this so urgently needed? Well, a recent study came forward from the FAO and the United Nations that suggested that if we continue to farm the way we farm, using chemical conventional approaches to agriculture, we have approximately 60 irritable growing seasons left on planet Earth. In other words, we have about 60 years that we can continue to produce food given the rates of soil degradation that we're experiencing uh, through the ways that we farm. So there's tremendous amounts of urgency to, to moving in a new direction. What's caused all these problems? Well, really, uh, there's, there was a major wholesale shift in the way that we farm, uh, starting around somewhere around the post-World War II era, when we moved away from farming with biology and to beginning using chemistry as, as opposed to biology. After World War II, we saw a dramatic onslaught of chemicals uh, being introduced into agricultural systems. So chemicals that were formerly used uh, in 
manufacturing settings to create a lot of the products that were used to fight World War II were then um, realized that they could have a, a benefits to producing food or seemingly benefits. Um, yeah. Some of the chemicals that were being used were atrazine and 2,4-D and Agent Orange and these uh, chemicals that were used in, uh, in certain aspects of, of wartime were now being put on our soils to control weeds and to, um, you know, manage fertility and, nit and nitrogen. So those are just a couple of examples. So these chemicals are basically in our food and water systems, literally all, literally all over the world. Is that a reasonably accurate statement? Uh, absolutely, yeah. We're seeing um, chemicals that are being – so right now we're spraying about 4.5 billion pounds of Roundup with the chemical name is glyphosate uh, on American soils annually. And that's mainly through agriculture, but, of course, we're seeing a lot of uh, people use these in backyard settings and in suburban landscapes across the United States. Most of the chemicals that we're using in agriculture don't end up on the crops themselves because glyphosate and Roundup are water-soluble mo molecules. So they mm -hmm. end up in our drinking water, they end up leaching into the soil, into our waterways, into the air, and uh, it's literally raining Roundup right now. It's a, it's a dire situation. Oh, there was a frightening phrase. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, but we have solutions and um, organic uh, regenerative agriculture. So this fascinated me when I first heard about it. And I, and I understand not the depth that you do, but I understand the issue uh, in Pennsylvania, in, in America and all over the world. So explain to us what regenerative agriculture is. Absolutely. So as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, regenerative agriculture is using a biological approach to producing food. It's working with nature and not against it. So we're using all kinds of practices that would work in harmony with nature, uh, that would fix fertility in the soil, manage weeds, uh, manage pests, and ultimately match yields that are being um, that are being produced using chemical conventional methods. So farming with biology includes uh, things like what we call no-till. So we're, we're suggesting that farmers don't till the soil. Instead, we're suggesting that they use uh, plants that are called cover crops. Cover crops are planted in between your cash crop to fix nitrogen, mm -hmm. to control fertility issues, to uh, control weeds, and then they um, are directly seeded or planted into to produce a cash crop. So we're, we're really using biological methods as opposed to chemical methods. So cash crops are things like soybeans, corn, et cetera? That's exactly right. Most of the American farmland, when you drive up and down you know, the highway, you're seeing uh, commodity crops like corn and soy, wheat and oats. And a lot of those crops are you know, about 98% or 99% of most of our cash crops are managed through these chemical conventional approaches. And our studies at Rodale over the last 40 years using these biological methods or regenerative approaches are actually matching, if not outyielding, the chemical methods. So we've actually proven through science that there's no need to go down this path of, of, of what I call chemical warfare. That's, it's really, um, we've proven that if we can begin to adopt these regenerative practices, we can produce the same amounts of food without harming people, without harming the planet, without leaching chemical harmful contaminants into our waterways and into our air. We can do it all simply by farming with biology. 
So we like to think we all do the right things for the right reasons, but there's nothing like a business case <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to support mm-hmm. the efforts. So, Jeff, where is this working? I know you've had success in Pennsylvania because we've talked about that, and you actually talked about that on the panel, but it's it's working in, in several states. Is it not? Kind of give me a, a quick summation of some places it's working. Absolutely, and I actually would like to lead with the business case because I think that that's how we move markets the quickest, right? Mm-hmm. With a sound mm-hmm. business case. And uh, we have a 40-year study at Rodale Institute. It's called the Farming Systems Trial. And it's the longest-running side-by-side comparison of organic and conventional grain cropping systems in the world. So this is a 40-year study. There's nothing else that's run as long of a course as this study. And it's essentially taking those kind of commodity crop models that we just discussed, the corn and the soybeans. When you drive down a typical American road and you see corn growing in July, that's using a conventional approach. At Rodale Institute, in our side-by-side study, we've, we've done that, and we've repl- replicated it directly next to regenerative organic modeling models of how to produce food. And over the course of that 40 years, we, not only have we seen about, uh, about consistent yields in those two systems, in other words, we're, we're able to produce about as much uh, regenerative and organic corn as we are in the conventional systems on an annual basis, but we're, we're seeing between three and six times more profit for the organic systems. So over this 40-year period, we've actually proven through science that a farmer can out-profit a conventional farmer by up to six times as much uh, in, in a given year. Where do they find studies like this? Well, give us your website. Uh, so you can go to rodaleinstitute.org and under the research tab, you'll click on Farming Systems Trial, and you'll be able to read about it there. You did mention, Marty, you asked the question, okay, where is this happening with great success? Well, we are, um, you know, obviously, Rodale's philosophies have been adopted by farmers all over the United States and all over the world. And right now, um, 6% of the total U.S. market share. So when you and I go to the grocery store, about 6% of all food purchased is certified organic. Right now, only 1% of America's farmland is certified organic. So there's a major gap between supply and demand. We have a market that's demanding food grown in a healthier way, yet we're net importing most of the organic food that you and I purchase at the store. And Mm. so now we have farmers that are recognizing that the path, their current path using conventional methods is, is um, leading them down a very, uh, economically unsound model. There's a lot of struggling farm communities around the United States. So we're seeing farmers begin to wake up to this new paradigm and they're adopting these regenerative and organic systems. And uh, here in Pennsylvania, well, in all, around the United States, we've launched a consultancy where we're now working with farmers across the country to hold their hand, to transition them to uh, these new models, these new ways of producing food. And we're linking them with markets because that's one of the biggest barriers of adoption for farmers is that they need to know that if they're going to make the leap, if they're going to raise their hand and say, yes, I want to transition, they need to know that there's going to be a market there to buy, you know, to support their product. So we're linking farmers with long-term contracts with, with producers and with, um, uh, process, processors that are buying the grain and willing to yeah. pay these farmers, uh, you know, long-term contracts at a premium. So um, it's really to accelerate its adoption, and we're beginning to see farmers and farm communities thrive again, which is very exciting. 
Well, I, I think, and again, I've done a little bit of research and, and I've seen some of the farmers that are doing this. And really, one of the reasons, in addition to profits, is that they're seeing uh, issues in their own family and their and health issues and in, in families in their communities. And so you kind of have an interesting story yourself that mm-hmm. apparently you, were, you had some health challenges and then you took steps out of that. So talk to me about that. Yeah, um, you know, this is uh, obviously one of the, the biggest defining moments of my life is uh, a health journey that I've been on for the last couple of years. Uh, starting in 2016, I, I fell mysteriously ill. I'm a, you know, I'm a very healthy, active adult and honestly hadn't gotten sick too often throughout my 20s and my 30s and fell ill one day back in 2016. And uh, I, at the time, was working in a completely different industry uh, in, a, in a very high-capacity position and um, just and went back and forth to a doctor over the course of about a 90- to 120-day period. And throughout the context of those doctor visits, the doctor ultimately could not find anything wrong with me in the blood work. There was no diagnosis for why I, my health collapsed. And I was experiencing chronic symptoms from fever to fatigue to um, hallucinations to uh, just incapacitated fatigue. I was just completely decimated with no explanation. And at one point, this doctor basically wrote me off and he said, listen, I've done all I can for you. I've done all the tests and we can't find anything. And so with that, he sort of washed his hands of, of me and I was left on my own to sort of figure out how to heal. And that was a very scary time in my life. And a good friend referred me to a doctor who practiced what's called functional medicine. And I like to say that functional medicine is really analogous to regenerative agriculture. So uh, whereas conventional medicine is takes a similar sort of uh, approaches that conventional agriculture does with treating symptoms and not root causes, functional medicine and regenerative agriculture are really systems-based approach approaches to wellness. They're looking at changing entire systems. And so this doctor began working with me and um, through his testing, he found that I had what's known as chronic Lyme disease. So uh, typical uh, tests don't always catch it. A lot of the testing that's available to most patients um, is very inaccurate. And so ultimately this doctor diagnosed me with Lyme disease. And at that point, there was no drug that was gonna make me better. It was really um, redefining my lifestyle. I had to address nutrition and managing stress and managing um, this whole way of healing that became almost like the regenerative agriculture. We almost had to heal me at sort of the soil level of my, of my, of my makeup and my chemistry. And so uh, little by little, I did get better over time. And when I was at sort of that lowest point in my life, I had been around the Rodale Institute for many, many years and had been deeply enamored by its work and had the rare opportunity to serve on our board of directors. And it was during that deepest, sort of darkest time when I had this almost like a, like a, a moment of awakening where I realized that I wanted to leave the career that I had been on for over 15 years to pursue this work with Rodale to really help us chart the course for our, our future and our history. I felt like it was um, almost like a calling and, and I, it really took this health collapse to begin to inspire me to, pursue a new path. 
Well, I'm glad you're there. You're doing a great job. And in, in addition to that whole transformation you had, in addition to uh, eating well, I understand uh, meditation and journaling played a role in that. I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I wanted to mention that because I think that was an, an important part of your transformation. So, folks, you are listening to the Business Builder Show. I'm your host, Marty Wolf. My guest is Jeff Ketch. His last name is spelled T-K-A-C-H. Yes, you can find him on LinkedIn. You can uh, learn more about the studies and his work at Rodale Institute. It's R-O-D-A-L-E, rodaleinstitute.org. Um, they have a wonderful website. Go there. You want to learn more about this, folks, especially if you have kids. Um, <laughs> there's my own personal editorial comment. Is that okay, Jeff? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> especially if you have kids. We need to change this, folks. Okay, so let's go to um, Farmers. And uh, Diana Martin wrote another wonderful article, and it's titled, Remember Your Farmers During the COVID Crisis. And in that article, and you alluded to this earlier, um, she says, let's see if I get this right. Remember your farmers during the COVID crisis. In 2019, U.S. farm bankruptcies hit an eight-year high. U.S. farm bankruptcies hit an eight-year high. That's frightening as heck, Jeff. What's happening there? And is this another reason why maybe farmers should be looking out too for, for some changes? Yeah, well, absolutely. And yeah, actually, I just heard the latest statistic I heard is there's between six and 8,000 farm bankruptcies annually in the United States. So that's just to put actual numbers to it. It's, just, it's astonishing. Um, how did we get here? That's really the question. How, what is causing this collapse in the family farm? The, the shortest answer I could possibly give, Marty, is that we as a society have demanded cheap food. And, you know, we've basically said to our farmers that we want cheap food. Um, and that's what they've delivered. We as consumers, that's our decision. That's not the farmer's decision. Farmers don't wake up every day and say, how could I produce the cheapest food possible and make people sick? That's not what they wake up to do. Farmers are good hearted, beautiful, mission driven people. And you know, we got here because we as a society have, um, you know, in 1960, we were spending three times of our gross domestic product, uh, GDP, on, um, on food. Then we were three times more on food than we were on healthcare in 1960. That was, you know, mm. our GDP at the time. In 2018, we are spending $3.2 trillion annually on healthcare and $1.6 trillion on food. So more than double now is spent on healthcare than on food. So we are essentially paying for it on the back end. We're getting sicker and more chronically um, ill and obese as a society. Um, the food that we've demanded at, at the market is uh, often imported or cheap, uh, cheaply produced um, commodity yeah. crops that are causing uh, us to get sick and unhealthy. And we're seeing chronic illness skyrocket. Um, and, you know, here we are at the face of this global pandemic and COVID-19 it's a, it's a crisis that we're all facing, and as a result, we believe that the work of Rodale Institute is more urgent than ever. Um, these are, you know, times when we have the opportunity to say, do we really want to keep going down this path, or do we want to reset our path? And we yeah, believe that it's, this, time, yeah, it's time to reset. Yeah, and Jeff, this whole issue is kind of um, made even worse. I just read something the other day that said uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic that uh, people are turning to comfort food, which is those, those, those foods and those snacks that you're describing. And we may have to dig ourselves out of an even bigger hole after this. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think that there's, you know, there's certainly there's certain segments of the population that are that are turning towards comfort food, and there's also um, data that just came out last week that said that organic food sales were up 26 percent in the month of March. It was the largest single month increase um, I think in 20 years. Uh, Whole Foods posted 8 percent increase in their earnings in the month month of March. We're seeing. Uh, direct sales from local and organic farms, direct sales to consumers and, and door delivery uh, sure. in, increasing exponentially. So we're seeing, um, I think this is an opportunity for, to wake consumers up to health. I think health is on the minds and hearts of most of the American public. And I think we're standing on the brink of an opportunity to change our way. I, I agree. I completely agree. That's why you're here. Jeff, <laughs> I want to contribute yeah. as best I can. Yeah, I think there's there is a there's a wonderful opportunity, and and it certainly appears that uh, not appears it is a fact that regenerative agriculture is definitely part of it. And then the alliances that you're building between farmers and processors and distributors and and supermarkets and all the way down that entire uh, supply chain and how all kind of has to work together. So mm-hmm. so that's cool. So um. Here comes the hard question. So this is a business show. So why should this business audience really be paying attention to regenerative agriculture? Why should they care about this, business people? Talk to me about that. Um, If we're going to have a healthy, vital future for all, in the United States and certainly around the world. But if we just focus domestically, we, we need to usher in a new reality to human and planetary health. And it starts with the power of the plate. What we, you know, we all vote with our dollar. We all vote three times a day by what we put on our plate. And we can literally change the future of humanity simply by how we vote each of those three times. So um, as business people, we have a responsibility to, um, you know, sort of this triple bottom line approach. We have a responsibility to um, to consumers. We have a responsibility to the planet. And there's a tremendous business case for the acceleration of regenerative farming. We, ha- we, we have the data. We have the science. We now need uh, the markets to move in our direction. Because if the markets move, then we're going to remove all the other barriers. And we're going to remove the, because there's a lot of barriers in policy in Washington, D.C. Um, there's a lot of uh, imbalances that, that, you know, keep us from moving in this direction. But if we can move the markets, we can accelerate the change. Well, that was compelling. And so if you've been listening, uh, folks, to this interview, again, our guest is Jeff Catch, T-K-A-C-H is how his last name is spelled. You can find him on LinkedIn. You can go to RodaleInstitute.org. You'll want to go there. You want to see what's going on. You want to support them. Um, because uh, my answer is going to be a little, a little more direct to business people. Healthy people are going to be better producers uh, for your business. So there's not only the right thing to do uh, for our planet, for our future, for our kids, but in reality, uh, proper office buildings, pr- proper food, proper nutrition, healthy nutrition is a good business case. Those were my words, not Jeff's. So I'm putting my editorial comments in there. So Jeff. We need to wrap up. What didn't I ask you or what do you want to drive home before we do wrap up? Yeah, I, um, I, 
people are asking me right now, okay, in light of the COVID crisis, what can I do? What can I as a consumer do to, to create change? And my answer to that is that we, every single one of us has a responsibility to build a relationship with a farmer, to get to know a farmer. There are these intrepid uh, people that are working in our communities each and every day to steward soil, to take care of the earth, to grow food in proper relationship to, uh, to the earth. And they're, they're right in our own backyards, yet out of convenience, we neglect farmers in our own community to go into the grocery store and buy cheaply produced commodity crops that are likely being imported from other countries. And so mm-hmm. our responsibility is to change our behavior, to uh, get to know a farmer in our community, buy your food. You know, you can vote with your dollar every single day. And so I would encourage all of us to get to know a farmer, build a relationship with a farmer, and, see, and challenge yourself to see how much of your household income could go to localized food and food produced in a healthier way. I don't know how I can top that, so let's wrap up. Jeff, thanks so much for being part of the Business Builder Show. It's been absolutely my pleasure, Marty. Thank you so much for the great work you're doing, and and thank you for having me on today. Thank you so much for listening to the Business Builder Show. To learn more about me, and I'm Marty Wolf, go to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. That's MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. A reminder, you can find all our Business Builder shows on iTunes, Spotify, and on your favorite podcast app. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. 